Open up my eyes in wonder. Show me who you are. Fill me with your heart and lead me in your love. You know, when we sing these songs, we're not just singing a song. These are prayers from our heart to our Father. And we sing this song about open up my eyes. Show me who you are. Fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. What we're talking about here is an encounter with the Almighty God. And I just want to remind us, when we come here to the orchard, we don't just want to come to church on Sunday. We want to come and encounter the divine God of the universe. Our hope is that in this time, whatever it looks like, that the Holy Spirit speaks to you and gives you impressions of, of what you need, what he thinks about you, what he loves about you. So we pray on these days that God would give us an encounter. Now we are done with our six-month study on the book of Acts. So if, you are, if this is your first Sunday with us, you hit it just the right time for the cliff notes. Because this week and next week, we'll be talking about uh, what's the therefore. After we've been through Acts, therefore, what does it mean for me? What does it mean for us as a church? And so today, as we study Acts, I want to go to the obvious place we should go to to look at Acts. Genesis 1. We go back to Genesis 1. And we find ourselves a God who loves. A God who loves so much he creates. He's a creative God, and out of his love, he creates. And then we find as we read on that the subject of his love, the object of his love, is humans. And it seems to be he created this whole thing so that he could come down and be with his people. In fact, this whole book is a book about a God who wants to come down and be with his people. So he establishes the Garden of Eden. He places them there. And in fact, it tells us in the Bible that he would come down and walk with them. He created humanity for face-to-face relationship. You were created for the garden. You were created to have face-to-face relationship. You gotta stop and consider this. You were created by the God of the universe to have a relationship with him. And that's what he pursues. He pursues you in your heart and your relationship. But in Genesis 3, we see that something happened. Something went wrong. And we chose sin over love. And he couldn't walk with us in the garden anymore. But as we go on, we find that God's desire and design didn't change just because of our sin. God's heart was for his kids. God's heart was for his children. God's heart was still to have an intimate, real-time relationship with those he loves. He's still the God who wants to come down. But the fallout from our choice of sin left us as fallen people in a fallen world, whereas before in the garden there was no need for redemption. But now when God comes down, he comes down to redeem, to bring life, and to gather children who are far from him. He's still the God who comes down. We find a deep truth begin to reveal itself as we push forward in this Old Testament that God comes down and has an encounter with a person. For those of you on the podcast, I'm writing encounter. I'm writing these on the whiteboard. We find something emerge that God comes and he has an encounter with the person and he calls them to trust him. He calls the person to have faith in him. He calls the person to follow him, to obey him so that redemption and salvation can go into the person and work in them but also work through them into the world. God sets it all up that it starts with encounter. 
And we can, see, we can start to see a, a pattern emerge that God encounters a person and then when they respond in faith and trust, you know what he does? He empowers the person. From their encounter with the Almighty, from the encounter comes the empower. And then the person walks empowered and we see the effects of God in and through that person. So we have encounter, we have empower, and we have effect. He comes down to, in Genesis to Abraham and Sarah, who through faith join God in a covenant promise to bring favor and redemption and eventually to bring about the Messiah, the chosen one who would save us. So he encounters them and he calls them and in faith they follow him and they move everything. They move their whole life and they become empowered people and we see the effect of God's empowerment as we see redemption come. God encounters Moses in a burning bush. He encounters him and calls, God to calls Moses to join him. And as Moses walks with God, Moses is empowered and we see the effects of God through Moses as Moses steps before the most powerful man on the planet, the Pharaoh, and says, let my people go. And God brings freedom from an empowered person who's encountered the Almighty. The prophetess Deborah encounters God and receives divine insight She's a prophet, like warrior princess, and she's empowered and gets supernatural wisdom and that affects change for the children of Israel and they win the battle. Elijah, the prophet, encountered God in visions, in prayer, in prompts, in words, and he walked with God, an empowered man. And because of his encounter, God empowered him and the effects of Elijah's ministry were the dead raised, were, were, were pagan idols publicly shamed and throngs of people come to God. Then we have a young man, a shepherd, who spent day and night in the field watching the flocks. And during his time watching the flocks, he would pray to his God, and his God would answer him. He sat there looking at those fields and looking at those flocks, and he would write songs. He would write prayers and put them to music. He worshiped. He had a heart that, that loved to encounter his God. As this boy grew up, his consistent encounters with God molded him transformed him and his intensity for God's ways grew and through his encounters on private fields that young boy stepped onto a public battlefield to face a giant we saw him encounter God in the private field but he stepped out empowered and the effects were seen David eventually was made king and empowered by God to change the landscape of his people in the lineage. I could go on, but one thing is clear. God is moving throughout time and throughout history to call people who are far from him. And he does so by encountering people, calling them to trust him, and he empowers them to see the effect of God in them and through them. Encounter, empower, and effect. We move from the Old Testament, we move to the Gospels, and guess what we see? We see a God who wants to come down. We see the same heart of God who wants to be with his people, his nature, his desire, his love. It's the same as it was in the garden. We were created for face-to-face -face garden, intimate relationship. And God's nature did not change. He still longs for that from us. So when Jesus comes and walks the earth, it is a God who comes down. He walks for us. He, he walks and he talks and he models for God's children. Jesus modeled for us what it looks like for someone who fully encounters and who is fully empowered. And the effect of that has been a redemptive movement that continues to this day. Because Jesus, 
the encounter, and the empower. He was fully God. He, he lived a perfect life. He laid that life down to sacrifice. It was the only way for God's children to have access to what God desired. So he came down to be with his people. He loved them. Jesus corrected them. He called them to a new life, and then he died, and he rose again. When he resurrected, he appeared to his disciples. He appeared to them, and he authorized them. But he said something. He said, wait. God is sending somebody else down. And then Jesus went up. And so in Acts 2, we see the Holy Spirit arrive on the scene. And like a shot of lightning, he descends. And all who encounter him are immediately changed and affected. Right off the bat, in minute one of the Holy Spirit coming down, we see fire, we see hope, we see power. This little band of Christianity of 100 or so people grew by 3,000 people in one church service, one day, because the Spirit hit. There was an encounter with God, and people were empowered and affected, changed within and changed throughout. The Spirit landed in power. When he, encou when he encounters the hearts of men and women, the effects are felt immediately. Acts is a the book of Acts is a completely new work. It's a new paradigm of encounter. Yet at the same time, it is still the same beautiful nature of God we find at the first. A God who wants to encounter. No matter how new the New Testament is, the heart of God is for his children to encounter. We were created for relationship with him. We were created to encounter him. So we see this new work in Acts, but we see this God who still loves. For God, it's always about the encounter. Those walks in the garden, those face-to-face -face with his children, that was the point for God. You see, Abraham wanted a son, but God wanted Abraham's heart. Moses saw a bush and heard a terrifying call, but God saw his boy, and he called him to something great. God wanted his beloved son Moses to go and proclaim rescue to his other children. Deborah saw a battlefield, but God saw his daughter's heart. Elijah saw fire and power and the effects, unlike many people on this earth, and God loved walking through each of those with him as he encountered Elijah. David saw sheep and a giant and a kingdom, but God saw a son after his own heart. For God, it's the encounter. For God, the encounter is the main course. When it comes to works of power, God is unlimited down here. He does not concern himself so much with his own power. It's unlimited. He's the source of it. It is up here where his heart is that he would encounter his children. In Orchard today, my hope is that we recalibrate something for us. You see, because God looks first and foremost to the encounter, but we have to ask ourselves, where do we look for God first? Where do we seek him first? You see, oftentimes, we look at the empower someone who's empowered, and we say, where is that in my life? Or we, we read about the miraculous events in the Bible where we hear about it, and we say, is it still true? Is it still true? See, oftentimes what we ask for first is not what God offers first. God's, na God's nature and God's design for this life is that he would continually and continually and continually encounter our hearts. But at times, our desire, our hope is not in the encounter it's for the effect. We seek the miracles, but we ignore the miracle maker. We seek the miraculous, but we often miss out on the glorious relationship. 
You see, it's the encounter that's paramount. It's the encounter that God's desire, it's his design. The Garden of Eden was planted and rooted in relationship. And each redemptive movement that we see in this word is fueled first and foremost by encounter. It's the encounter that God pursues. Throughout the Bible, he entered our world to pursue our hearts. And we see right here on Moses, he, he, he indwelled the bush and encountered him there. With David, he encountered him in the, the fields and flocks. For Paul, who we, we studied for six months, God encountered him on the road to Damascus. For Peter, it was in a fishing boat. He goes to great lengths. He moves heaven and earth to encounter his children. Jesus, at one point, was on earth with his disciples. They sail across the Sea of Galilee in a storm. They get out. He meets a frothy-mouthed crazy man, heals him, gets back in the boat, and goes home. He made the whole journey for one man to encounter him. He will move heaven and earth to encounter you. He has. This was his plan from the first, and it hasn't changed. He pursued me as a child, and when I was five years old, I prayed to receive Jesus on the CRMS road. My wife was pursued by God in a middle school in a small country Baptist church. She encountered God for the first time. Where were you when you first encountered him? Where were you when you first met him? When he first spoke to you and you felt that encounter? He has created you for that encounter, and he has not given up. And if you're here today and you don't know him, he is pursuing you and calling you to him even now, calling you to this First and foremost, we were created by God, for God, to love God. He doesn't just stop at salvation. He doesn't stop when, when we come to Christ. He continually wants an ongoing relationship with us. A Friday night right here at one, in this building at one church, the event we had, I encountered him on Friday night in a new way, in a way I had not yet um, felt or thought before. He, he encountered me in my heart, and I was leveled to tears. God does not stop encountering us. That's what he builds it on. That's what he goes after. And, and what about you? He pursues you even now, right now, this second. If you're sitting in here hearing my voice or if you're on the podcast listening, you know, you have to know, God is pursuing you. Not to get you or get something out of you. Not to get the sin out of your life. Not to clean you up. He's pursuing you because he loves you and he wants a relationship with you. You were created for it. You were created. You see, we long and look for the empowering. We long for this, and we look for this, the empowering and the effects. But both of these lower things, the empower and the effect, are fueled and started, find their headwaters, their trailhead, at the encounter. You see, we've been looking for God to come through for us, but I, I should be looking for God to come down for me. I've been looking for miracles from the hand of God. I should start searching for the heart of God. God is found, and he wants us to be found in the relationship. We're looking for the results of God. I want the results of my relationship with God, but I should be, my heart should be rooted in the relationship. I want to clarify one thing. There's nothing wrong with praying to God and asking him. There's nothing wrong. He tells us to ask him. We should ask for miracles. We should pray to him and ask for healing and freedom and salvation for those near us and far from him. But we have to realize that it is all centered and found in a relationship, in an encounter. This story might illustrate the difference. I was camping last week and came home after four days with no shower. That's not what illustrates the difference here. That's not the point of this. But when I came in the front door, my two children were there, five-year-old Eli and two-year-old Selah, and my favorite thing happened. And it, it's, it's 
just my favorite thing. They drop what they were doing. They, their faces lit up and they ran to me. Daddy! I got down and I hugged Eli and I hugged Selah and they hugged me back without me having to ask them. They actually were hugging me. And then Selah in her little extrovertedness says first, she speaks first, she goes, Daddy, I missed you. And Eli said, Mm, I love you, Daddy. And we just, we sat there, and it was beautiful. My dad's heart, that's all I wanted. I want to go away just to get it again. That's the best. <laughs> Don't tell my wife. But I have to tell you, um, that's not how it always goes. <laughs> More often, I find myself coming home from whatever trip, and I get the run, yeah, I get the hug, but they step back from me. And immediately I notice something. Their eyes don't meet mine. They're not looking at my eyes. They're looking at my bags. They're looking behind me. Then they look at my hands. They start looking at my hands. And they ask something. What did you bring me? And I want to go, what did I bring you? I brought you life. I brought you me. I'm your daddy. I love you. What did I bring you? I brought you me. I'm the great, you have no idea how great I am. I'm a great dad. <laughs> yeah, but what did you bring me? <laughs> you know, they're kids and I, I don't harbor anything against them. I did that when I was a kid. But in that moment, they're looking for what's in my hand, not what's in my heart. They're looking for the effects of daddy. Oh, I want him to want with my heart. I wish that was enough sometimes. You see, we have the same view with God. We have moments with him and we go, what do you have for me? And it's okay, he's, a, he's God, he's our dad. But outside of relationship, this is what he longs for. You see, we treat God like Santa. Santa is so easy to love. It's all gifts and zero encounter. I mean, the whole thing's set up that you should be asleep when it happens. <laughs> it's all this, and I don't even have to see the guy. I just leave him some cookies and a note, and we're good. <laughs> and we've come to believe that God operates like this. See, I, we believe I'm going to live like I think Santa's cool with, and he'll come through when I need. And that's what we think about God. I'm going to live how I think he's cool with, and he comes through when I need. And we're shocked when he doesn't come through like we need. Because it tears apart our paradigm. Ah, where were you? We had a deal. My son, I'm up here. Encounter first. Santa is zero encounter and 100% gifts. And God created us for encounter. He created us for a garden, a face-to-face. -face. He created us for relationship with him. And guess what? Gifts flow generously from our God in relationship. It's like every Sunday, God shows up. Let's just say he's present, he's here, he's engaged. And we run to him during worship. And is our first question, what did you bring me? God, did you bring me healing? Where's my new job, God? Did you bring me a spouse today, God? Why haven't you done these things? I wonder if he's even real sometimes. Well, what he's calling us to is this. These times, these songs are prayers from our heart. These things are, are, are so that we can engage and encounter him. We don't come here just to get this. 
the effects of God, we come here to have an encounter with the heart of God. God is the greatest, God is the greatest gift giver in the universe. He gave us his heart, he gave us his son, he gave us his spirit. His son gave his life. His spirit gives us the fruit of the spirit. His spirit gives us the gifts of power. God is a gift-giving God. But it's important that we fall in love with the giver of gifts, not the gifts. It's important we fall in love with the miracle maker, not the miracles. It's important that we seek ye first his heart and not his hand. That we go and we drive and we, we pursue and we seek the encounter. Encounter leads to empower, and empowered people have a powerful effect on the world around them. Encounter leads to empower, and empowered people have a powerful effect on the world around them. But it all starts here, and it centers here. The encounter is key. In Orchard, perhaps for a second, we need to pause (coughs) and see that we have been consistently striving and pursuing, perhaps many of us in our spiritual life, we realize we have been pursuing the effects of God. I want what he has for me, but I'm not going to invest in the relationship. What God wants, he wants you to fall in love with his heart all over again. He wants you to run into his arms and say, Daddy, I missed you. And the best part is, when you read his word and you read about his nature, no matter how far you've been, no matter what you've done, you can always run to daddy and jump in his arms. No condemnation, no shame. The Bible is clear. There's no condemnation in Christ. We look back on Acts now and we see it not just as this new work. We see it as a continuation of God's nature, a God who wants to come down and encounter his people. And when he comes down in in Acts 2, it's an encounter at a whole new level. Through the new paradigm that God has, the spirit of God is now living within those who love Jesus. Inside of Jesus' believers, God places his spirit. The encounter is there. We walk with it. How often do we pause and engage with the spirit? He's present. The encounter is always available. It's not like it used to be where you'd have to go to a temple or pilgrimage once or twice a year, you can pilgrim in your heart on 82. You can go in, you can engage and encounter him anytime you desire. He loves you. You're a son. He says that you can enter his throne room. He loves us. His love has no bounds. And what he really loves, he loves when we encounter him. He loves when we when we seek this. He loves when we seek the relationship. He loves when we prioritize his presence. He loves when we seek him first. And that's what we call to today. That's, that's the whole point today. All we're talking about today is one thing. Prioritize the presence. Prioritize knowing God. In your life, recalibrate and prioritize the encounter above and beyond and in and before all things. This is the greatest gift he's given us. The ability to have an encounter with the divine God of the universe. Mind-blowing if we think about it. In the morning when you wake up, prioritize the encounter. Our new youth pastor, Trevor, talks about how when he wakes up, before he gets out of bed, he focuses his heart and mind on Jesus. How much he loves Jesus and tells him that and how much Jesus loves him. He prioritizes his first few minutes as with an encounter with God. He starts every day here. Then he gets out of bed knowing that God has empowered him and trusting that God's gonna have effect in him and through him. 
He gets out of bed thinking, God, I trust that you're gonna speak through me today, that you're gonna love through me today, that people are gonna experience you because they've encountered me. Matthew 6, says this, seek first the kingdom above all else and he will give you everything else you need. Seek first God as a kingdom, his heart. Seek first him. Seek first the encounter and everything that you, God's gonna provide what he gives you. But we're not here to just seek first the effects. We miss the heart of God and if we do that. John 15, five says this. Uh, Jesus says this. Jesus says, I'm the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. He recalibrates and tells us again, it's all about this. Stay connected, pursue encounter, pursue relationship. I wanna see God do big things. And we talk about big stuff. Charlie and I in our our whiteboard meetings, we just dream about what God's gonna do here in this place and and through us as a church, through us as people, as we see redemption take off. And I'm excited. Do you wanna see big things? Do you wanna see miracles in your life? Do you wanna see God do do things only God can do? Do you wanna see the miracle of watching those far from God give their life to him? It's beautiful. We wanna see these things. And I pray for them. I pray, God, please, please bring those far from you. But I know that it starts with an encounter. And I pray from my relationship. Say, God, please encounter those. Go forth and encounter people and bring them to you, Father. Pursue God first above all things. And as our vision states, our vision here at the Orchard is simple. It's love God and love people, all people. But it comes from a verse. It says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength and love others as yourself. You see, prioritize in our hearts our love for God above all things. Maybe today it's just a reminder. He says, my son, my daughter, I want you to fall in love with me again. I know you love what I can do for you, but I want you to love me. Seek me first. Prioritize the relationship. Prioritize the encounter. I love you so much. He's calling you today to seek him in relationship. Now again, does this mean we don't ask God for help? Absolutely not. God is a generous father who loves to give gifts to his children. But again, let us fall in love with the heart of the gift giver, not the hand that the gift is holding. That's holding the gift. This morning, I want us to prioritize the presence of God. And some of you who are action people will set alarms in your phone. I've done all this stuff. Set alarms so that it goes off and reminds me to pray and prioritize. For a while, I did something where I put a sticky note on my phone, my alarm. When it went off in the morning, I'd grab it and uh, turn off my alarm. And then that sticky note would say, uh, seek me first. Just some simple reminders in your life to prioritize the presence of God. You were created for a garden to walk with the Almighty face to face. Nothing has changed. We've been through acts and the new works of the Spirit and the new paradigm that we now live in after the cross. But the heart of God is still that he would have a relationship with each of you and that you would know him and that you would love him. And from that encounter, from that relationship, flows the empowered people who go forth in life, empowered by the Spirit, who God has great effect inside of us as he changes our character and great effect through us as we call people back to Jesus. We could be empowered people seeing God's effect happen, but we cannot bypass that it comes through encounter. God says this in Matthew 6, 21, Jesus said, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. 
what I want us to do is realize in this temporal life, the greatest treasure is God's presence. Where your treasure is, your heart will be also. When we realize that God's presence and our relationship with God is the true treasure, our heart just flows there. So may we remember, in this life, we were created for him, we're created by him, created for him, and our relationship with him is the true treasure that this life offers. Above all things, seek God. And summing up Acts, there's a lot to sum up in Acts. We're gonna get into some more of that next week. But I wanted to start right here with the firm foundation of what it means to have a life with God. That even in Acts, even in the new work, even how we are on the other side of the cross, it is still set up that we are to have encounter with God in his presence, be filled up, be empowered. And the encounters with God are what fuels our justice, our compassion, our love, and our peace. And today as we go into communion, and if you're new here, I just wanna wanna tell you something. Here at the orchard, there's no class or anything you need to do to take communion. Jesus said, if you do this in remembrance of me, if you wanna remember Jesus in communion, you are welcome to here. And as you get the symbol of his body and the symbol of his blood and you sit down, I want you to remember that he died and rose again so that you could have access, so that we could have true encounter. He gave his life so that we could encounter the Almighty. So you sit there and you say, thank you. Thank you, Lord. And I don't know about you, but for me, I had to first start with, when I was going through this, I had to start with a a forgiveness. God, forgive me for seeking your hand. Forgive me for falling in love with your gifts more than your heart. God, show me where I am more interested in what you do for me than who you are. And God, please help me fall in love with you afresh and anew. If you're here today and you have not, maybe you've never been to church, maybe you haven't been to church in a while, however far you've come or whatever, God has you here for a reason to hear this. He loves you and he wants you to fall in love with him. He wants you to have this relationship with him. And so during prayer time, Um, If we have some people that could be willing to come up here in the front and the sides, if you have a prayer request, God wants you to ask that. God wants you to come forward and say, here's my need, and we will pray with you. If you're somebody here today and you you don't know God personally, I wanna ask you if you would like like to know him personally, come pray with Charlie right here or myself over here. We would love to pray with you and give you an encounter with Jesus that will change your life forever. But Orchard, Let's be people who at the core, inner, sacred place of our heart, this is there. Above all things, we we want that encounter, that relationship with Jesus, with God, first and foremost. And may the the greatest parts of who we are be empowered by him and may we see his effects happen around us. Amen? Jesus, we thank you for all that you have done for us. You moved heaven and earth to provide us a relationship. And you move heaven and earth daily and weekly to provide us encounters, to call us to you. And I pray this very day, this very moment, I know you're calling your sons and your daughters whom you love out of shame, out of sin, out of pasts, out of presence, out of whatever it could be, calling them to a relationship with you full of love and forgiveness and compassion and power and peace and hope. May we be people of encounter. In Jesus' name, amen.